Welcome to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful, with your host, Ashley Caprice. We'll focus on affirmations, motivation, and girl talk. Today, we're talking to some women in music who paved the way, started right here on the West Coast, and they were under one of the biggest record labels. I'm talking about J.J. Fad. That's right, Supersonic. We'll have some girl talk with them after this affirmation. We do this every single week, our I Am Affirmations. I believe it's so important to look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself, I love you, and then do your I Am Affirmations. Today's affirmation is, I am courageous. Now repeat it to yourself, I am courageous. You can't even say that word without smiling and feeling some off in your soul, in your heart, in your head, right? You are courageous, girl. I've been focused on a lot of women, of course, Smart Go Girl podcast, but especially this month with women who've paved the way and are doing incredible things in their industries. And it's because they have the courage to do so. You have the courage to fulfill all of your dreams. And especially women, we are getting it in. Had a whole episode about are we ready for a woman to be the president? But bump that. The fact that women are so courageous enough right now to announce their presidency and to run is just a major thing. It's like we ain't playing no games. We let men have their fun and that's great. But now we're we're stepping into some of their territory and we're like, you know what? We can do this too. And we can. We probably can do it better, and we're going to show you how. And these women are just courageous enough to believe in themselves. That's very important. With whatever you're doing, you have to believe in yourself and then have the courage to put some action behind your beliefs. Faith without works is dead. It's true. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be the dopest radio personality or a dancer or writer or teacher or artist or lawyer or whatever. And I study the craft. So you are courageous enough for having the beliefs that you can do it. But you are even more courageous because because you're putting it out there in the universe. You're actually making moves or at least you better be. This is me telling you if you have an idea Get on it and do something about it. You are courageous. You can do it. Have the courage to do what others say you cannot do. I feel like I repeat that in some type of way. Almost every episode, people will say you cannot do something. You be the one to say, oh, but I can. And let me show you. And have the courage to speak up. I know my issues sometimes. I'm still working on it. I'm pretty non-confrontational. I don't like arguing and all the drama and this and that. So sometimes... I'm kind of quiet about things when I know I need to speak up some more. Have the courage to speak up about whatever it is that's bothering you when it comes to other people. But also have the courage to speak up in your professional life and have the courage to speak up and do the right thing. If there's a cause or a matter that bothers you, have the courage to say something about it. You see that something needs to be done. I talked to the founder of Women in Radio 
a couple of episodes ago, and she said she saw a need for women seeking out other women and advice in the radio business. So then she created a platform for strictly women in radio. It's so important. You see a need. You, you see so many people on Shark Tank come in, and you're like, really? They about to get paid for doing that? Or, dang, I wish I thought of that idea. That's something so simple, and that's all it is. With any project and product, a lot of times, people just saw a need for it. Now, right now, I know there is a wave of women doing incredible things, and Go Girl has been on my mind forever, for at least 13 years. And so now was the time. There's a wave of women, and there's a lot of rights that's surrounding women right now. This would be the perfect time for me to speak up. I feel like there is a need. So many women, even in music, in my industry, are competing against each other. Let me step in and be like, look, (laughs) we'd be so much more powerful if we stick together and celebrate our sisterhood. There's a need for self-love and Getting our mind right, you know, self-care is huge right now. So here is Go Girl. I am Affirmations. Hello. A little motivation. Celebrating other women. Talking to other women in different industries about a particular topic pertaining to women. I felt like there was a need, but that's me having the courage to see that need. God put something specifically on inside of you to help you serve others in some type of way. Find what it is and be courageous enough to do it because you can. Even in music, a lot of people drop a dope song and they don't know what's going to happen with it. They'll hope for the best. But back in the day, a lot of them just wanted to have fun. They recorded a song and they dropped it and it's still a classic. It's timeless. People are still playing it to this day. And speaking of which, I'm about to talk to a music group in Girl Talk about stepping out on faith and having that courage to do so. So remember that, whatever it is, remember that you are courageous, okay? That's your I am affirmation today. Say it again. I am courageous. Now let's get into this girl talk. All right, it's time for girl talk. I'm excited, super excited to have a dope female music group who is still doing a damn thing. I'm talking about JB, Sassy C. And Baby D, it is JJ Fad on the line. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited, too, because I actually met you at our Throwback Holiday Jam a couple years ago. I worked at a station in Sacramento, and it was so much fun seeing you perform. You have great energy. You have huge smiles on your face, and you're rocking a crowd. You're rocking a mic. And everyone, like, people are still singing along 30 years later. How does that feel? Mm, that feels awesome. We really, that's our favorite thing to do is just be on stage performing. You ladies were one of the original acts signed to Ruthless Records by Easy e How did you even meet him? We met him through um, Rudy Party, uh, God rest his soul. He passed away, but from LA Dream Team, you remember them? Yeah, I do. I remember so pop locking a little bit. Just to Eric. Okay. e So that's how we end up meeting him, them doing, you know, contracts and stuff. But we met him through him. And so what was the reaction like? Because Easy e as we know it, gangster rap, hardcore, you know. And then your group, Supersonics, more poppy and fun. 
How was that reaction when he first, uh, did, did he hear your music or how did it happen that you started doing music together? Yeah, he oh. heard us, but it was like um, we opened the doors for Ruthless because, yeah, they were hardcore and everything, but they weren't just like, they had their group established, but it wasn't as big as it was until we opened the doors for them. Ooh, speak on so, that a little bit more. You know, you sign in um, JJ Fast for Sonic, and then comes NWA and EZE. So, yeah, they were, you know, big and bad and everything, but we actually were first. So, how were you first? Explain that to me a little bit more. Because when we signed to Roofless, they their album had not come out yet, and they were just working on their distribution deal. Mm-hmm. And so, we were the first ones to be signed to a distribution deal with Atlantic um, Atco. Mm-hmm. And they were still working on their distribution deal, and they were finding they were having a hard time finding one because they were so hardcore and they weren't done with their album yet. So um, Gary Heller, which was all of our managers, said, "Let's put the girls out first. Let's get them a distribution deal, put them out on Roofless, and then that way people will be like, okay, so they can do other stuff besides gangster rap. Now we can work with this. Got it. So, Look at you. Yeah. So it like legitimized the label, and then they were able." to get their deal because of the success of ours. Wow. Right. Was there a lot of pressure at that time? Because you're like, okay, we're the first ones on Ruthless. We're, we're the ones getting it started. What was it like at that time? Was it a lot of pressure around you? At the time, it wasn't a lot of pressure because we was doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. We never right. thought that it was going to be as big as it was. It was like, okay, yeah, we're going to make a record. This is fun. You know, it was <laughs> nothing like it is these days. <laughs> because how- it's totally different, but there wasn't no pressure. So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're going to be a mega superstar. We're going to do it. No, it was just like we want to do some shows and, you know, put a put a record out. Like when we first heard our song on the radio, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> it was playing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so it wasn't like, um, you know, we was set out to be, you know, no mega superstars or anything. We was doing it for fun. Talk about that. The first time you heard your song, what was the reaction? <laughs> Baby D, weren't you and me on the freeway? Oh, yep. gosh. Y'all were oh. driving? <laughs> <laughs> you were driving. Well, of course, because it was on the radio. But were you driving? or was So someone else was driving you, right? I, we were coming we was from the driving. studio. Yeah, we were coming from the studio, and we heard it. And I just remember just we just got the hugest smiles on our face. We were like, ah! <laughs> oh my god, it's on the radio. So, I mean, we got super, super excited. I don't think we pulled over, though. Did we pull over, Baby D? No, I don't remember pulling okay. over. <laughs> so, so, you we, there, we, we knew all that. You got your right. foot on the on the gas, and you over there super excited while you're hearing Supersonic yeah. on the radio. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, did you? were you in high school at this time? What were your friends saying? I think we had a lot of respect from other cities or states. So it was Louisiana who yeah, accepted you like, first? Not the Lucian. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, really? So the West Coast wasn't showing you love at first? No, it was very well received. It okay. just took a little bit longer. Like as soon as the South heard in um, Louisiana, mm-hmm. they just they just like took to it right away. The West Coast it just took a little bit longer, not much longer, but I think we were probably like maybe three weeks or a month after that. It got real big, but it was already big in that in the Louisiana area in the South. Oh, got it. And two, because it's more, it's kind of dance record and fun. So I feel like the South 
embraces that a little more than the West Coast. Like the West Coast is the base and it's, you know, laid back and beat and stuff like that. So I I get it. But it doesn't even matter. You're still rocking it 30 years later. The song is a hit every single where. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it even went gold. Congratulations on that. I don't think a lot of people know that you guys really did do some major things for women in the industry with you were the first female group to have a gold platinum album, right? Okay. And also the first female rap group to earn a Grammy nomination. That's huge. That is huge. It is. So what do you think about the Grammys today? Like Cardi B, she was the first solo woman to win best rap album at the Grammys. Do you think it is a little better now? They're, they're accepting hip-hop a little bit more, and women in hip-hop is still a long time for a woman Absolutely. to just now win. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was very excited for her. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I am definitely a Cardi B fan. Um, I think that it was well-deserved. I know that there were a lot of male rappers that they didn't really think that she deserved it, but I thought that she deserved it. She came from nothing, and she did that. And as a woman and being able to come that far in that little bit of time is amazing. And I'm so happy for her. And that she, yeah. just the girl did her thing. And I, I couldn't be more proud of her. Guys, it was a blessing. You know what I mean? Yep. It's her mm-hmm. time. And, and it's her time to shine. You go, girl. Do what you got to do to do what you do. You and, go, right. And I love her, too. I love her. I like her, too, and she's very authentic, and that's why I think she has done so much so fast, and people want to work with her. She has great energy. She seems fun and positive and upbeat, and she'll just tell you the real, you know? Right. So right. I love that, and I love yeah, that she's you— she's not changing for nobody. She is not changing for nobody. She is who she is. You either like it, you love it, you hate it. She don't care. Right. <laughs> and that's the only way to be. And I love that you're right. showing love to another woman in music because— like, what do you think about this division now? I feel like in the 90s, even so many women were in a game at one time, getting along, having fun, uh, making records together, ladies night and stuff, you know. But now right. it seems like women are putting out di- more, yeah, beefing, more diss tracks against each other. What do you think about that? Right. Do we need more unity or w- what about this division? I think a lot of in our community, and I'm talking about the black community, yeah. it's really hard for us sister queens to embrace each other. And I think that's really sad. We need to get a mindset that if one queen is doing her thing, then we should all be happy for them and we should all help each other out. It's right. all about teamwork. It's all about, you know, rising up together, pulling somebody up from their bootstraps and helping them do what they need to do. And I just don't think a lot of people have that mindset. Right, it's all about it's jealousy. It's too much jealousy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you're not at the top, but not me, but if you know they feel like they're not at the top, they don't want the next person to be at the top, and that's BS. Like right, to be said, you know, what's wrong with congratulating another woman? What's wrong with babe? You look pretty today. You know, what's wrong with complimenting the woman? Right. there's nothing wrong with that. And as black women, that's why we need to stick together and do that. And right. And, you know, as far as, like, black women just uplift each other. They have a problem with it. Like, like this girl could be bombing. Oh, look at her. But she all right. You know, and that's not her hair. No, it's not. She bombs. Right. <laughs> right. Period. Period. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, show love. And you can get so much further in the industry and in life in general by showing love to your sister instead of hating on her. And why do you even want to be known as a hater? Who wants to be known as a hater? Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't like You know it. how bomb it would be if her and Nicki Minaj came together and did a song together? Do you know how bomb that would be? Do you know how much that would fail? But neither one of them have the right mindset to get together and do that because they're both too, I don't even want to say jealous of each other, but they're, they hate, you know, they hate each other's come up. And I think that's kind of sad. I feel like it was more so from Nicki Minaj. And it's horrible yeah. because Lil' Kim pretty much paved the way for a Nicki Minaj. She They have similar right. photo shoots and the different wig colors, all this stuff. And Nicki rarely, I think she, I heard maybe one interview where she showed love to Lil' Kim. So that's why Lil' Kim has issue right. with her. And I do feel like if we, I'm still playing ladies night with Lil' Kim and Missy and uh-huh. Left Eye and Angie Martinez and them. If we had a song where the women got to... I don't remember these rap beats. I don't remember what Nicki Minaj or Cardi B said in their diss tracks to each other. I don't remember what Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj said in their diss tracks to each other. But I would have remembered a song if they came together and spit right. some real stuff about women. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. We need yes, more of that. absolutely. Sorry, I'm getting all deep with it and stuff. <laughs> but speaking of women who showing love, you also got some love from Fergie. How did that happen? She yes. called you up about Fergie-licious? Yeah, she had her, well, her people did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she had her people call and <laughs> her people got with our people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How did that conversation so, go? Well, she has always been a fan, and she told us when we came together, there was an ASCAP Awards, and she told us that she had our picture on her wall in her office Mm -hmm. ever since she first started, you know, being an entertainer, and she's always been a fan. So for her to use our song, she said, was a true honor, and it was an honor for us, too, because she was huge at that time. Yes. And we were like, yeah, no, we're honored as well. So we both gave, you know, we gave each other the love, and we're, we're really really happy that she did that it was an honor for her to do that right no hating no hating. <laughs> it's funny she said you said that because people would approach us like he tried to do y'all song over and ew and i'm like no and that was great that was fun yeah well job you know like she yeah. showed love it's called showing love and that's what she did absolutely just like eminem in his 2013 mm-hmm. song, uh, Rap God, he paid homage to yeah. J.J. Fad. And what did you think about that? Oh, we like that, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, love that. <laughs> we love that, too. <laughs> right. So, uh, overall, it is better just to show a little bit of love. How is the response, even when you are doing shows with other throwback hip-hop R&B artists, I'll say class. I don't like throwback too much. I'll say classic hip hop R and B artist. Right. How is it touring with them and still celebrating the genre these many years later? It's really good. Like we haven't had anybody that you know that we have done shows with that absolutely was like, mm, nope, I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like we've taken pictures with Salt and Pepper and you know anybody else that we come in contact with because we're very, very, very humble. Yes. And we speak to everybody. We like to have fun with everybody. There is no jealousy. There's Everybody is there because somebody wanted them to be there. They're not there just there to see J.J. Fad. They're just right. not there to see. They're here to see everybody. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, and the same love that we get from the crowd is the same love we get to our fellow artists. Because without each other, we wouldn't even have a show. Okay. Right. I like that. Hey, I, JB, remember that time? Remember that time you were in the airport and you saw Gucci Mane, and um, you know you did you were you weren't sure if he would. You like, I know, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was amazing because you know he's a he's a newer rapper, so we were like he. I was like he don't have a clue who I am, but I'm gonna go up to him anyway. Yeah, because I to be honest with you, I didn't know who he was. Mm. It was my daughter who was like, "Mom, that's Gucci Mane." I was like, "Who?" <laughs> and then she said this song, and then she talked like, "Oh, okay." And then she's like, "You think he'll let me take a picture?" And I said, I want a picture, too, you know. So we went up to him, and first his bodyguard was like, uh-uh, because we were in the airport. Mm-hmm. And then I said, my name is JB. I'm from the group JJ Fad. He was like, oh, hold up, hold up. And then, like, the bodyguard was like, Gucci, that's JB from JJ Fad. He's like, I know who that is. And I was like, wow. That was kind of cool, because I, I didn't think he knew me or they did that at all. No, right. you guys are huge. And I, and I know, like you said, you just wanted to have fun back in the day. But, I mean, all generations, I'm pretty sure, love Supersonic. And also going back to the Eminem and Fergie, I like that they uh, showed love to you because it is bridging that gap, you know, with the with hip-hop. Like, even when yeah. Missy came out to the Super Bowl, with Katy Perry, uh-huh. and people were like, oh, my God, that's so cool that Katy Perry's bringing out new artists. It's like, no, Missy has been around. <laughs> Can you believe that? But, <laughs> but it's like she was educating her audience now on some right. of the originators, and that's why I love yeah. when you all just come together and bring it together instead of hating on each other, you know, with Eminem. Right. You know, it, it just... Makes more sense to educate than to hate. Oh, I like yeah, that. I like along that. those same lines, something really same in that same kind of realm just happened. The voice was on, hmm. and late a girl came on and she started rapping TLC song Scrubs. And so when the judges turned around, Blake, who's all country music, mm-hmm. he says, "Hey, remember JJ Fad Supersonic?" And I was like, uh-huh. "Wait, what? Are you uh-huh. kidding me right now?" <laughs> On national TV, he just said that. And I'm just like, wow, a country, big white boy country singer knew who we were. And that, to me, is amazing. That's love. That's love. That means your music wasn't just pop or hip-hop. It did, you know, make its way, and everyone embraced it. I think people just love fun, positive, upbeat music, you know? And that's what you guys have. I did want to get to some questions from uh, social sure. media, straight from the streets radio, asked, was it hard for women rappers in that era? I'm going to say no, it was easier. Hmm. And here's the reason why. Because rap was so new mm-hmm. that everybody who was trying to do it was kind of embraced. Not mm. everybody, but the ones that, you know, people like. So when fem- it was time for females to come. At first, it dominated with all males, public enemy. Run DMC. All of them. And then there was no females. So when females finally started coming out, I think it was more embraced. I think it's harder now mm. for females to break. If you notice, there's not very many hip-hop female artists at all. Yeah, and at the time, you had to have your clothes on, not off. I mean, not mm-hmm. throwing no shade. But you had to have, all, you know, you had to wear a turtleneck and boots and stuff 
in our right, day. <laughs> right. And now you can just wear whatever. It's like whatever. I mean, listen, <laughs> we can go <laughs> into that because, uh, like, I love classic hip hop and R and B, so I love the Queen Latifahs and the MC Lights, and you know they were fully clothed. Or how do you feel about? that transition because it did happen shortly after early 90s with Lil' Kim, Foxy yeah. Brown, and they were hypersexual and showing more of their assets. So how was that transition? It took away from the actual music to me mm-hmm. because then it was no longer about the music. It was more about the look, what she looked like, how sexy is she, is she right. gonna, you know, are men going to want to watch her? It was no longer about the music anymore. It was just about the look and who this person was and how sexy she was. And now, don't get me wrong, like, we had our own type of sexiness to us because we wore biker shorts yeah, biker pants and biker outfits. So that was our way of saying, okay, we're female too, but we still were fully clothed, but we had the little tight, sexy stuff on too. But we wanted to be known for our music, not for our assets. And plus, because sexy is an attitude. And I do feel like it's out there so much more right now with, I don't know, it's just so much pressure with these women in the music industry. It is. Everybody's going for the surgery. Everybody wants the big butt. Everybody wants right. the big Everybody wants the, um, what's the girl named Jada Jackson or Dukoya uh, Jackson nose, and then they want uh-huh. the Kylie in her lips. And right. It's too much. It's too much, for real. It's too I much. Can't keep, I can't keep up, and I wouldn't even try to. No. <laughs> I want to. I do not want to. <laughs> it's like we got to go back to the throwback photos to see what you really look like, you know? Uh-huh. Yes. Definitely more pressure with them uh, physically, but musically too. Do you think there's more pressure? I, I think the music is different. I feel like some female rappers are talking about some real stuff, and then some it just sounds, I don't know, like they could rhyme. You know, things are rhyming, but yeah. they're right. not really talking right. about anything. Uh, what do you think about yeah. female rap right now? Well, you guys kind of touched on it earlier. I really love Cardi. I mean, I love her um, originality. She's not afraid to do it. She's herself. Mm-hmm. And she, and that's what you have to be as an artist. You have to represent yourself because a lot of times people try to emulate people or do crazy stuff, but I love her. I mean, her whole mm-hmm. <laughs> Even um, her little vlogs and different stuff. I mean, I am... I'm like, you guys, I'm a big fan of Cardi B. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Have you, uh, so you haven't had a chance to meet her yet? No. no. We used to watch Love and Hip Hop. That's <laughs> we, would, we would tape it. That's who we would do just to see her part. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I mean, before she even got really, really, you know, famous, we, we just loved her personality. Yeah. And that's what she eats. You know, eats what she was then, she still is. I think it'll be dope if somehow, some way, you guys could do a collab with Cardi because she is doing. I would too. She would has. Love <laughs> would love it. Someone actually said that on Twitter because I said um, when she won her Grammy, I put on Twitter from our uh, group account, and I was like, "Way to go, Cardi! Well deserved." Mm-hmm. And some person that was verified, I don't remember who it was, but she was like, "Wow, that's quite a cosign. Y'all really need to do something together." And I was like, "Yep, I'm loving this and retweeting it." Yes. <laughs> smart. Smart. But she does give off like she has her music and she has her her dope, you know, the trap sound type of music. But her and Bruno Mars, they are like finesse yeah. 
and her last song, yes. Please Me, both of them have a 90s yes. vibe. So I think if y'all work together right now would be the greatest time since she's kind of exactly. sampling into that. Yeah. So call her for us. Call her. Give her a call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to hit up her people and have them hit up your people. Okay. Yes. Your people call her people. Right. <laughs> but so was there any, uh, still speaking about that era, with you being one of the first female rap groups and everything and it being a male-dominated industry, you said that you were pretty much just having fun, but were there any other challenges coming out around that time? I, I think yeah. maybe that well, I being, think our, being a female, it was. It yeah. was a yeah. challenge because everybody was always like, yeah, girls, girls can't do this. Girls, you know, just being a female ourselves was a challenge to, you know, be in the rap game. And the fact that we were on Ruthless, because by the time Supersonic got real big, they knew about Ruthless, they knew about NWA, they knew about, you know, um, Eazy-E, and they knew that we were affiliated with them. So that was kind of a challenge because we were total opposites of them. So we'd be, they'd be like, y'all with, y'all with NWA? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, you know, that was kind of hard because those were our big brothers and we wanted to fit in with them, but we were just so opposite that it was hard for people to accept. That's why a lot of people don't know that we were even on. Well, how did you overcome that first how did you overcome being a, one of the first women rap groups in the industry? How did you overcome people just saying, wait, like, you can't do it? What made you say, yes, I can? Just, we just kept pushing. We just kept pushing. Like, we, we were in everybody's face. We did everything that we could to be out there. And the best thing about the whole thing is that they brought us in. Like, they would do a show and be like, okay, J.J. Fat, y'all could do this. You could be on this show. That Like, they treated us like princesses. So we always, they always respected us and tried to bring us up, you know, with them, whatever they did. Oh, that's sweet. Remember when we went, we went to um, New York and we did the Apollo? So mm. That's the hardest Yeah. And when, when they first introduced us, you know, East Coast people, they were like, ooh. Right. West Coast out of you. Who you booing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have said what Snoop Dogg yeah, said. The East Coast. Baby D back yeah, in the yeah, day. The microphone too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't take no mess back in the day. Baby D didn't take no mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old now. I'm old now. <laughs> She's like, I don't want those dra- that drama anymore. That's like Snoop Dogg at right. the the Source Awards in the East Coast. What the East Coast ain't got love for the West Coast? <laughs> like, dang, yeah. calm yeah. down. Just like that. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. I do see that you use the hashtag. Is it Ruthless Princesses? Is that what you use? Yes. Yes, I love that. And like you said, you felt like a princess. I did see Dr. Dre's The Defiant Ones. Yes. documentary on HBO where because after Straight Outta Compton I'm pretty sure a lot of us music hip hop heads were kind of like alright we know J.J. Fad was part of Ruthless why right. weren't they a part of Straight Outta Compton what did you think about that and then we'll touch on uh, the Defiant Ones all we can do is speculate because we don't know but the, what I think is the reason is because the story was truly about NWA and Easy and how they came up. Mm-hmm. But I think because of their hardcore music, they didn't want to soften their image by saying, okay, well, yeah, we put off this, this female group first. Like, I don't really think that 
they wanted that image out there. Oh, yeah. And I really don't think it was done spitefully, but in the same breath, it kind of was because it would have taken two seconds to say, hold on, let me, let me, uh, hold on, y'all, J.J. Fad in the studio, let me finish with them. Mm-hmm. That would have took two seconds in the movie to say, they didn't have to show us, they didn't have to play no music, nothing. But just to say our name would have taken two seconds. So to me, that was kind of, kind of jacked. You wish there was some type of acknowledgement. Some kind of, yeah. Yeah. It did seem like it was more, um, it was really good, but it did seem like it was more male-dominated because they didn't focus on the women that they were dating. They didn't focus on some of the major, I don't don't think they touched on a major interview between Dr. Dre and the radio TV personality D. Barnes. Back in the day, that right. whole story. So it seemed like they didn't want to touch. It was touch- more scripted. It was more scripted than anything. Um, they told stuff that didn't happen. They mm. had people in there that wasn't even there. Right. Mm. You know, so it was more scripted than anything. Yeah. For it was, it was made. It was drama, and it was made for movies. It wasn't made to. It was supposed to tell the story, but it was supposed to tell it in a dramatic way that wasn't altogether factual. Gotcha. So it wasn't more like documentaries such as The Defiant Ones right. where he did touch right. on it a little mm-hmm. bit more. So what did you think when he did say, okay, yeah, J.J. Fad, y'all pretty much paved the way like, for Finally somebody want to tell the truth. <laughs> right, right. And that somebody being Dr. Dre came from his mouth, right? Right. Yeah, so what did right. you think when you saw that? I was happy to say, like, dang, I'm so glad. It's, you know, the truth is coming out. I was right. very happy. It made us you know, it it kind of, and that's why, like, I just found that clip and I put it all over social media. And, like, that little clip has over 5,000 views just from me putting it on. And everybody's seen it, but just having that one little clip on there just really generated a whole new interest in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it makes us feel like, okay, yeah, people really are interested in, you know, in us and our story. And, like, people were saying, you guys should have your own story and you know, it just, it, it makes us feel validated. Good. Right. For me, I just want to know what the heck was I wearing. I had a black hat on, <laughs> a pink t-shirt. <laughs> I was like, what in the world was I thinking? You know you love your hat, girl. You know you love your hat. <laughs> I mean, the fashion was different back in the day. We're going to let you slide. We're going to let you slide. But you did pretty much help fund the future albums for it because Straight Outta Compton came out after Supersonic. So with all that you're, of your success and with you, you getting the um, airplay first and being the first record released from Ruthless, then the money was used for Straight Outta Compton. So without, well, I won't say it like that. Straight Outta Compton and Easy does it. Wow, straight out of Compton and Easy Does It. All right, dope. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Women pave the way. Yeah. NWA. That's dope. I have one more question from social media. It's me, Octavia Denise. She asked, how many times did the last rapper have to do her part of the song before getting it on tape? The summer, lama, 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 similar, that part. Okay. <laughs> Tell this us is story. JD, so I'm gonna answer that question. <laughs> Go ahead. Because that was my that was my part, and I'm gonna tell you the honest God truth. Once you did it one time. One time. What does it even tell mean? Him why, did tell you... him why. Tell him I, why. T- I know you. I know you're puzzled, but I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason why is because the whole story behind that is when we all came together. Baby D knew how to do the fast rap. Mm-hmm. I'm like Skin Dose. She knew how to do that, and then the next 
girl came up and then she knew how to do it. And then it was my turn. And I'm like, I have no idea how to rap like that. So I'm, 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 I'm just, I made up anything. And they were like, yeah, that was yeah, it. Girl, that's it. <laughs> that was- and then Dr. Then uh, we were like, oh yeah, we keeping that. We keeping that. So it was more like a joke because I was mad because I couldn't do it. So I just said, okay, well, look, I'm someone you know, and then it, everybody just said, no, we got to keep that. And that worked. Dr. Dre liked it too. He was <laughs> <Yeah>. like, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone looks forward to that part in the song now. <laughs> the yeah, part where it was, you... <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy that that got so much attention and it really wasn't even anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something different. We were like, we don't know what she's talking about, but that was hot. That was fire. <laughs> there were so many rumors. Like, it was Swahili. It was Pig Latin. It was, like, all no. kinds of stuff. <laughs> no, what was really interesting, remember we had the fan club and people would write in and tell us what they thought they said? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean. What they would write down what they thought it meant. Right. Could you imagine if social media was around back then? So many people would have had their interpretation. Mm. Girl, they would have been like, oh, they're, they're speaking a secret language to get through to these people on another side of the world. It would have right. been so many conspiracy theories <laughs> when it's like, it no, would've. I just didn't know how to rap that fast. That's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, too, like, Ashley, is your show, um, like, can you curse on your show? You, yeah, you'd be free. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I'm only saying that because to bring it along the same line, um, somebody, and we don't know who it is, but you know how records were on vinyl on wax. Mm-hmm. So somebody, I think it was somebody from our fan club had tried to play our, our song backwards. Mm. Oh yeah. And every time it said supersonic, mm-hmm. if you played it backwards, it said, and we sell pussy. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. And so when somebody yeah, me, said that, they were like, oh, my God, they're prostitutes. Like, they said, <laughs> but let me tell you, we should have been selling it because we will be selling it right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my so goodness. So it was crazy. to play the album backwards. So. We would never even have thought of that, you know. And someone said it. So we were in my mom's den. I was like, come on, let's play this backwards. And we played it backwards. And we were all together. We're like, Oh my God, it does say that. It was crazy. Now, I just got to see this for myself. Wow, you really got to listen, but you can't hear it. You should drop it one time at a a show. Just drop it one time and just confuse the audience before you, and then mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop, then go off stage. Do not give Arabian that idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I do want to touch on, um, I thought this was a cool fact because you're putting, you put up like five facts on your Instagram. And yes, yeah, the facts. Mm-hmm. You were part of the very first national hip hop tour with Run DMC, Jazzy Jeff, yes. Fresh Prince, Public Enemy, and JJ Fat, oh, yes. oh, oh, and NWA made guest appearances on some shows. Yes. Tell yes. me about that. Man, that tour was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. We had the you best know, time. Hey, there's so many, there's so many great moments from that tour mm-hmm. that people would really love to hear about. 
that, you know, that we would really love to share. We're hoping that we get a story or a documentary, so we're trying to save some of the stuff. Okay. But I do want to tell you a story that I think is really cute that happened on that tour. Um, we were the only females, so mm. they were very protective over us, all of the group. I was really close to Chuck D. Baby D was really close to um, DMC from Run DMC, mm-hmm. and Sassy was close to Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. So we all were close to, you know, people in, on that tour, and they treated us like little sisters. Dope. So one day after the show, everybody wanted to go out. But remember, Baby D's only 15. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't go to the club. And so DMC from Run DMC was like, I'll stay here with her. I'll babysit her. You know, I can go ahead and go. So they spent the whole evening talking and getting to know each other. But just like on a brother right <laughs> right, Ryan, you know, on like a brother-sister level. And I just think that is the cutest thing ever. That is cute. Instead of trying to get her like a fake ID or anything, they're just right. like, you know, we're going to do this the right way. And still being that right. protective brother type of vibe. I love right. that. I love that. That's yep. cute. Well, I really do hope that uh, there is a biopic on you or documentary or something because I feel like, you have so many gems to share. What is some advice that you all would give for some inspiring hip hop artists? We see so many now and I feel like a lot of them come out, drop a couple hits. Like it's it's like a microwave society. They come get a little money Mm -hmm. and we don't hear much from them anymore. What's some advice you would give to these artists? I'm going to tell you, and this is JB speaking. The music uh, scene now is so different from when we were doing music. It's all about streams, downloads, how many followers you have. We don't know nothing about that mm-hmm. at all. Like, if we, you had to have a record company when we were doing it. You had to have a following. You had to have a label. You can be so independent now, and if you get a million hits on a song on YouTube, you're in. Right. It just depends on who likes you and who you're, you know, who's streaming or downloading, and we that is so foreign to us. Right. Do you think that's taking the like the message away from the music it's because it's more about social media and like we even talked about with women in hip hop, the physical aspect of, of them and their bodies. I don't think it's taking oh, this baby D. I don't think it's like taken away. I think it's actually, if you, if like she said, you do it yourself, you're going to get paid yeah. regardless. You know what I mean? You don't have to go through those other channels anymore. And the question, like you said, what advice you have for, you know, people, uh, uh, up and coming artists is, you know, um, you know, stay focused and handle your business and, and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, follow your dreams, you know, educate yourself before you just jump out there. But if you do it all yourself, you're going to make all your bread yourself. Right. You don't need all the other channels anymore. There's no middleman. So you think the independent artist is the way to go? I do. I think, yeah, I think yeah. now you can, you I mean, it's good to have, you know, backing, but I just, I don't just think it's not needed anymore. You mm-hmm. can basically do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. It's very true. You know, you have the following, you have the proper following, you have the streams, you have the downloads. Like, I, what is the song that uh, started on street, like on YouTube or something? I think it was Panda. I don't remember what song it was, but some song that somebody just put out there on a whim got like 5 million hits and nobody mm-hmm. even knew who the person was. Now all of a sudden he's famous. Mm, yeah, that's why I said educate yourself. That's like even with uh, Soulja Boy with uh, his song. He put it on YouTube, did a little dance step to it. Right. And look at him now. Right. Exactly. Soulja Boy. Drake. Drake. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> I 
my God. (laughs) I knew it was coming. Well, I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time to um, come on and drop some some knowledge and talk about hip-hop and women in general. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Sure, you tell your people to get a hold of Cardi B. Okay, girl. <laughs> I got you, boo. <laughs> All right. Bye, ladies. Now, let's get into some music motivation. Motivation. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? I know it sounded like I was just talking because it was just talking in the beginning of this song. with Eminem, Lose Yourself, from the movie 8 Mile, was released in 2009. And that song is on one of my motivational mixes. I, I have a mix for everything. And it first of all, the beat just makes me bob my head. And the lyrics, I just get so into it because it's one of the songs I would listen to going on a job interview because with a job interview and with a lot of things in life, you only get one shot. You only have one first impression. You only have one time to make an impact on someone else. You have one time to show what you're made of, to show what you're capable of. You are courageous enough to go after whatever this one shot is that you're going to have. You have one shot to make it right. Would you capture it or just let it slip? Are you going to give it your all or nah? You going to do your best or nah? Are you even going to try? Hell yeah, you better. You better. But it's, it's just one opportunity. You have to think about it. You have to just keep your mind focused and stay positive because you only get one shot in life. This is the only life we are living. YOLO, remember, you only live once. So go hard or go home. It's so many songs about that because it's the truth. You only get one opportunity to do a lot of things that you want to do. You only live one life. So do everything that you want to do. I'm reading Michelle Obama's Becoming. And in the beginning of the book, she did say that she doesn't like the question, what are you going to be when you grow up? When people ask kids this question. And it's real. As you grow, you change. So you don't know exactly what it is. If it was me back in the day, I used to want to be a pilot or I used to want to be a, a waitress that skates up to the table. I thought that was a, I was a kid. I was a kid. But obviously I'm not doing either of those things right now. But the point of the matter is I have my whole life to do so many different things. I know there's plenty of things that you can do too. Look at most of these music artists. Say Beyonce, she has an incredible music career, right? But she didn't stop there. Then she had her clothing line and she has perfume. So it's going to be different things in life that you want to do, but you're going to get your first shot to do it in an amazing way. So when you have that opportunity, give it your all. And also every day is not promised. We hear that every day is not promised. So you get one shot each day. So every day is your one shot to get it right. You don't complete a goal today, wake up tomorrow, God willing, and try it again. But know that when you're presenting something to someone and you're meeting someone for the first time, all of this matters. You get one opportunity 
And are they going to be talking about you in a good way after or in a bad way? You want them to have positive thoughts about you, right? So make that one shot count. There's a Nike commercial going around right now, which it was perfect timing for Women's History Month. And it's different athletes who just tried it. And they're succeeding at it. And people probably call them crazy at first. But they're showing that if you just do it, if you give it that one shot and live in the moment and try your best, you can excel. All right. So whatever it is, give it one shot. At least try. If you if it doesn't happen for you, at least you can say, well, you know, I tried this. It didn't work out. But as I was going toward that goal, I actually took a detour and found out that I like doing this better and do that and give it your all. Okay. Speaking of athletes excelling, I'm so excited about today's Go Girl shout out. It's time to celebrate. Tony Harris, she is the first woman to receive a football scholarship. Can you believe that? A football scholarship. She just accepted a scholarship to Central Methodist University in Missouri. She's 5'7", weighs 164 pounds, and she had been playing at East Los Angeles College for the past two seasons. And now she's getting that scholarship to continue on playing football. She's been playing a sport since she was six years old. She was a wide receiver and cornerback. So wide receiver, I know, because I'm not good at sports, I know they are the ones that usually catch the ball and run it in. If I was wrong with that, my bad. Leave a comment telling me, nah, girl, you ain't, you ain't right with that. I would research it, but I think it's more authentic for me to be like, I really just don't know about sports much, and I'm not going to act like I'm that girl that does. But a wide receiver, I did cheer for football for four years. And what I do remember, I think, is the wide receiver is the one that catches the ball. So, that means she has a good eye and she's a great runner. Yes! At least I know that. She was in a Toyota commercial during Super Bowl, so you may have seen her. She's a young black woman. And she told ESPN, a lot of coaches didn't believe in me. One coach said, nobody's ever going to pay you to be at the next level. Ha! Then she says, in the end... You got to push yourself. I'm going to focus on my own goals. She hopes to be in the NFL one day, and my faith in God is going to take me there. You go, girl. You go, girl. For knowing your power and being courageous, taking that leap of faith, and knowing that you can do all things. Now, when I read it, I was like, ooh, 5'7", 164. She's kind of small. I mean, that's kind of small for football, but if she's been doing it so far, she can do it. She's she's making her own way. She's making history. The first one to ever receive a scholarship for football? That's dope. I get a little scared watching football with, you know, them tackling each other and their the head bump, thump. It's just a lot going on. So I'm praying for her safety and I'm praying that she can do this. And this is making strides for other women who may want to pursue football. Shoot, if she could do it, so can you. So again, you go, girl. You go, girl. That wraps up this episode of Go, Girl, because women are powerful. Make sure you tune in again next week. Please subscribe to the blog, ashleycaprice.com. All episodes are posted there. Follow, share, like, leave a comment, whatever is in your spirit to do. I want to thank JJ Fad for coming on to the show. Please be sure to bump some of that within the next week. Supersonic. And remember your affirmation for the week. I am courageous with a big smile. Courageous. Yeah.
Talk to you next time.